welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt, herbalist, teacher, and best-selling author. I created this herbal podcast to share trusted herbal knowledge so that you can get the best results when using herbs for your health. I'm passionate about helping people discover the world of herbalism and natural health, and I'm excited to be your new guide. My goal is that you'll walk away from each episode feeling empowered, knowledgeable, and inspired to start working with herbs in your everyday life. Okay, let's dive in. In this episode, I'm excited to interview recipe creator extraordinaire, Jenny McGrether. I've been making Jenny's recipes since her first awesome cookbook, Nourished Kitchen, and I love that her recipes are traditionally based and filled with nourishing herbs and spices. I also had the pleasure of meeting Jenny before this in kind of an unusual circumstance, Several years ago, I was suddenly evacuated from my home due to a wildfire that was really, really close. And when I shared that I wasn't able to go home for a while on Facebook and that I was actually headed towards the Salish Sea in Western Washington state, Jenny wrote and invited me to stay with her family. And I was totally blown away by her generosity. I was such a huge fan of her cookbooks, well, of her one cookbook at that time. And I, I don't even know that I knew that she knew me, really. So I was just totally blown away by that. I actually already had a place to stay. Um, and I also didn't want to miss meeting someone I so admired. So Jenny then invited my husband and I to come to her home um, and meet her family. And she fed us a delicious meal. And we walked the coastline. It was really a wonderful memory amidst so much turmoil being evacuated for the fires. For those of you who aren't yet familiar with Jenny, she's a nutritional therapist, herbalist, and the author of three cookbooks, including Vibrant Botanicals, Broth and Stock, and The Nourished Kitchen. She's also the creator of nourishedkitchen.com, a website that celebrates traditional foodways. She currently lives in the Pacific Northwest. And with that, welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. Oh, I'm just, I'm so super excited. I've really looked to your books for inspiration and recipes for years and years. And um, it's just like, oh, I'm just so excited to have you on and to share your work with everybody. Um, I'd love to start out by hearing your story and how you got on this path of healing traditional foods and herbs. Yeah, so it's something, you know, that's always resonated for me. So when I was a little girl, it was something that, you know, plants always resonated for me, plants and delicious food. Um, I remember being, I must've been like seven or eight, maybe even nine. And I would run like a gourmet cooking club for all my friends. And we would go to the grocery store and get like Cornish hens and fresh parsley and and go and, and cook together because it was something that was I, I was passionate about from a very young age. But in plants in particular, I remember, you know, sitting with a next door neighbor. She was an elderly woman and she's one of my closest friends. I must have been about like six or seven years old at the time. And she would teach me about various herbs. Um, mm. You know, what, what, what were her favorites? Chamomile, of course, lavender and, and other herbs. And it was really pleasurable to, to sit with her and hear her stories um, of her own youth and um, the plants that matter to her. And so that was kind of like what sparked things for me. You know, you have these, you go through life and there are certain moments that just 
that give you a spark of intuition about what is going to bring you passion in, into your adulthood. And so that was one of the sparks for me. And then um, as I grew older, I remember, you know, feeling really disenchanted with the industrial food system in the US. I mean, I felt that it was pretty abhorrent, the CAFOs and the, um, the industrial agriculture that just kind of stripped away the topsoil and, and polluted the oceans and the rivers with it. And it was something that I, I struggled with. And, and so I became vegetarian for a while and vegan for a while as a, as a way to kind of, um, to combat that, you know, it was a, a political statement about food. And I began to get really sick on that diet. Um, and doctors told me, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. You know, and I was told that for years and years and years. Um, and it was only about after I had given up, I was like, okay, I have taken every lab test in the world. I'm still feeling sick. I still have tremors. Um, maybe it just is all in my head. And then I went and got this, like, they had a health fair at my local community and, uh, we did a bunch of blood work and sure enough, I was, I was legitimately sick at that point. And I think it was something to do with being so sick and so ignored for such a long time that made me look elsewhere for solutions, I guess would be, be one of the factors that, that contributes to, to your interest and your passions. And it was about that time that I started, um, my husband and I started a farmer's market and we began to learn about um, the local food systems, regenerative, regenerative uh, agriculture, um, and learn from our local farmers who also um, work with herbs. We had one great CSA that not only was, you know, wonderful artichokes and beautiful tomatoes, but she'd, you know, throw in a bundle of nettle or whorehound in there too. And it was really a wonderful exploration of, of this concept of, incorporating herbs, not only as medicine, but as part of your daily life, which I think is, you know, likely the traditional approach. Um, and so these things resonated for me. Uh, traditional foods, foods the way we would have made them, you know, 100, 200 years ago before the, uh, the green revolution of the 1950s, uh, before the industrialization of food, and finding solace and comfort in traditions, history, and pleasure in that as well. Um, so from there, I, I ended up enrolling in, I wrote my books, The Nourish Kitchen, the first one, and I ended up enroll, enrolling in the um, NTA's program um, for nutritional therapy. Um, I ended up working with them and I worked on their um, culinary wellness program, which featured a substantial section on um, like the medicinal benefits of culinary herbs. And so, that just sparked this idea of the next cookbook, which is Vibrant Botanicals. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the, you know, crazy story of how I get to where I am, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, um, it's interesting to hear that because, um, you know, I knew like bits and pieces of that, but I'm just struck about how similar our paths are because I also was a vegetarian and then a vegan for political reasons. And I also got very sick from that. Yes. And um, and your book and other traditional foods book has really like were a big part of healing from that and really looking at whole food nutrition and diversity of foods and getting lots of things um, joyfully as a part of my life. Things that, you know, I wasn't really aware of eating before, you know, like that right. I wouldn't have necessarily chosen before. So, yeah. 
it's powerful. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And I'm really excited to talk about spearmint today because that is one of my very favorite minty mints. And I'm actually, we have a hard frost coming tonight. And so I'm mm. cutting back my spearmint today. Uh, so, with, in, you know, with talking with you and with having spearmint in my garden coming into the house. Anyway, spearmint's very much on my mind right now. Uh, what Wonderful. what inspired you to choose spearmint today? Well, there's a couple things, right? Like sometimes an herb just speaks to you, right? Like you just know it's yours, right? Um, and there's something about spearmint that really resonates for me. Um, it feels like one of the right ones for me. Motherwort is another one that that feels right to me for some reason. Um, and I think I think that a lot of people, when you try enough, you'll find that there's this again this spark that lets you know that something is is right. It 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 feels right. It's a very intuitive process. Um, so so that's what it's it's dear to my heart for that reason. But I think also it that it is a very approachable herb. And I think that's really important for a lot of people. Um, I think we tend to focus, you know, on herbs that there are herbs that trend in the public sphere. Ashwagandha, uh, turmeric, um, you know, some some other herbs, they tend to trend in the public sphere. Reishi um, is another one. And and people get really excited about them. But we kind of, you know, in that fervor of these trending herbs, we kind of lose focus on those things that are closest to us and really accessible and really approachable. And that's why I like spearmint is because mm-hmm. it is a super like approachable herb. You can grow it and it grows so easily <laughs> like crazy. It'll take over your garden, which I, I'm sure you, you can see, right? Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, um, it's a very familiar flavor, right? We use it to flavor after dinner mints or you know other mints flavor um, various things, gums, mints, uh, candies. Um, it's familiar, and it has a great ability to to be used for culinary purposes, which is really where my interest lies. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, it is you know fairly gentle, and it has a myriad of uses. Um, For me, I think it really came down to its anti-androgenic effects and the fact that it really can be helpful for promoting uh, hormonal balance in women. Like I have uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. That's something that I've been, you know, struggling with for decades. And in the strategic use of foods and herbs has been, you know, really essential in my, uh, my journey of healing and living with that condition. Um, and the research on it is pretty interesting. Um, that it, you know, there's quite a few studies. Most are coming out of Asia or um, like cent- Central Asia, Turkey, for example. And it's really interesting to see how well it affects like hormonal balance in women with PCOS when you actually look at the studies. Um, especially when it's partnered with things such as uh, flaxseed. Um, They've had some, you know, really good effects there. So that's where it kind of hits my heart personally. But it, but it's beyond those effects. Like it tastes delicious. You can use it in all sorts of different ways, like teas and, or mint sauce, you know, you can use it, you know, toss a bunch of chopped spearmint into a fruit salad. Um, I like to poach strawberries in like a honey syrup and toss in spearmint for that. And, and that combination of the sweet, slightly acidic strawberries works really well to balance um, the kind of bright punch that you get from mint um, 
it's it's a it's a really nice balance. But in addition to all of that, you know, there's some newer research coming out from I want to say Japan that was looking at spearmint in its ability to support cognitive health as mm. age. So so it's it's just a really interesting, gentle, accessible herb. You can go to the grocery store and buy it if you don't care to grow it, although you should because it's really easy. Um, and it has all of these all of these benefits. Um, it's, it's neat. It absolutely is. I'm so glad you shared all that because it is like, I think something that you could easily discount like, oh, spearmint, right. right. You know, like it flavors toothpaste or something like that. Right. Um, but really it does taste so delicious. Like I can't imagine going a summer without spearmint in my garden and having yeah. that aroma and flavor. And like you said, so great for so many culinary purposes mm -hmm. and super potent medicine. Uh, yes. There's not a lot of herbs that have been shown to affects um, people with PCOS in that same beneficial way. And yes. um, so that's, you know, it's, that's really, it's really cool. And doesn't surprise me that it would also be helpful for cognitive function. Right. And I'm sure, it, and I have no doubt it modulates inflammation. Yes. Um, I'm just making that up on the spot, but I, I it wouldn't surprise me because <laughs> it just has all those wonderful qualities. So right. yeah, it's uh, like so many of our herbs there, there's so many gifts there that we could, um, that, you know, it's like, again, easy to discount our culinary or minty things, but lots of powerful medicine there. There really is. And yes, you're right. It's easy to, to discount them and call, constantly look for whatever the, the newest superfood is. And, and mm -hmm. so much of, um, you know, so many beneficial things are right in your own backyard or your garden. And, you know, spearmint is, is a really fun one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and the accessibility is so important. Like you mentioned, you oftentimes I see it like in the fresh herb section of a mm -hmm. grocery store. Uh, I grow it in a pot yes. <laughs> because as you said, it just can take over everything. And I've been growing it in the same pot for, I don't know, eight years or so. Mm. And what I find is like every year I need to like cut out a significant portion of it because yeah. it like the roots just go round and round and round. It gets too crowded and then the leaves get small. So in the springtime, it just, you know, over I'm in zone four, it overwinters outside and in its pot. And so I just kind of take a hori hori and I cut it down the middle and take out a lots of roots. Um, I do try to gift them, um, but I think a lot of people have spearmint. So last time it wasn't. So it's once you have spearmint, you kind of always have spearmint. And that's like true of a lot of them. Um, but yeah, so you just kind of clean up the pot and give it room to grow again and put in some fresh soil and then it just takes off. Yeah. It's always there. Like ready to be used, friendly little face out in the garden. Yeah, absolutely. I love the idea of pairing it with um, strawberries. I mm -hmm. often pair it with hibiscus. There's something about yes. hibiscus spearmint that's just like match that just goes I together agree. so well. And then you have a very delicious recipe for us today, the honeyed oranges yeah. with spearmint and cardamom. And um, that recipe actually comes from your latest book, Vibrant Botanicals. And I love this recipe because it's so simple, but it's like so flavorful and impressive. Like you could have that, you know, just like on any night of the week and you could also like serve it to guests and they'd be like, ooh, yes, <laughs> <this is lovely." laughs> I love it because there's really only like one or two steps, you know, you chop up your oranges and then you <laughs> put some spearmint and some cardamom on top and drizzle it with honey. And, you know, it's, 
really simple, deceptively simple. And somehow you have this like huge combination of flavors. It's, it's interesting because there's a lot of compatibility um, in, in terms of um, the various aromatic compounds of say cardamom, which is citrusy in many ways and, and orange. And then um, mint also shares some of those compounds with cardamom. So you've got this uh, fluidity that kind of flows through that recipe where you've got the citrus pairing with the cardamom, the cardamom pairing with the mint. And it, it's, it seems really simple and it's super delicious. It is really simple. It's, it's just delicious. <laughs> That kind of just makes me think of all of your recipes. I mean, what really drew me to Nourish Kitchen beyond just like that focus on traditional foods and whole foods is your creative use of herbs and spices. And that's something I think about all the time. And um, just that like people often cook, you know, with foods, obviously, but those herbs and spices are really missing from the meal. You know, it's kind of like yes. meat and potatoes and broccoli but that there's very little herbs and spices to go in them. And with all of your recipes, you infuse things in such a really intricate way, but also simple. I mean, it's so approachable for folks to do. I'm not someone who loves to spend hours and hours and hours in the right. kitchen. That's just not me, but I do love good food and I love flavorful food. And of course I love herbs and spices. So the, your recipes just, they really bring that to life. And thank so, you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's, that's the wonderful thing is you get so much flavor from herbs and spices. It brings so much to the table and then can be really easily incorporated. You know, sure, you might drink your infusion, which I love to do, but you can also make a really fantastic rub that goes on your chicken. You can make a um, compound butter. You can make um, like herbal vinegars are a cinch to make, right? And mm -hmm. talk about like magnificent flavor. Um, it will bring a salad to life, you know, with just an herbal vinegar. And I think that's one of the coolest things about working with herbs is that there are many simple ways to incorporate them into your meals. And you're going to have way more flavor as a result. And of course, each one of those is going to convey its various um, its various, you know, benefits in these small ways. It's, you know, those polyphenols or or, you know, other compounds. Yeah, and what I'm thinking of is how it is so simple, but it can be a hurdle for folks when it's new. And yes. so having the inspiration to just try something little and simple and easy, and you find the things, like you said before, that spark that you get, you know, like there are certain recipes that it's like, oh, this is like yeah. gonna be a family favorite. It has that spark. Once you do it That's once, right. you do it again it really then becomes second nature to adding, you know, lots of herbs and spices into your life, even if that feels kind of foreign, you know, in the, in the beginning. Absolutely. These little incremental steps, try one thing at a time, one small recipe and, and make it work. Um, I think people have this tendency to, to be all or nothing like, Oh, I'm really excited about herbs. Now I'm going to do everything. And it can be, overwhelming. Um, whereas you did, like you said, just these tiny, simple steps. And before you know it, the way you approach food in your kitchen has been completely transformed. It's, it's really neat what those tiny little steps will do. And so much fun too. You know, something in the herbal world that I have a tough time understanding is that folks get really into tinctures, right? Like people go mm -hmm. all in on tinctures, yeah. which obviously, you know, I love tinctures. I'm not saying yeah. that they're not good, but for me, the magic of herbalism comes to life 
on the, you know, on my dinner plate and through messages and through like the absolute pure enjoyment of them. Yeah, some tinctures can taste good, but for the most part, you're kind of like, well, well, okay, <laughs> you know, take a chaser yes. and having a, you know, beautiful, aromatic, delicious meal or kind of like stop you in your tracks beverage where, you know, whether it's like yes. an ice beverage or a warm cup of something that just takes that moment of like, mm. right. Like that's the good stuff. <laughs> that's the, that's why I keep coming back. <laughs> I agree. You know, I think that, you know, pleasure is an important aspect of our food. You know, it's pleasure and enjoyment and and being able to experience things with our senses, not just take our medicine and be done, but actually experience um, our foods and the herbs that are in them it really enhances the sense of pleasure we can get from our lives. And I think pleasure is very much a missing ingredient um, for many people. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of want to talk about your book, Vibrant Botanicals, a bit more. Um, this Your books are just so beautiful. They have, and I know you do the photography. Let me get there. So I do. You do all of the photography, of all of the recipe creation. Um, and I love how this one, it's so approachable in that there's information about the herbs. I love that you include energetic information because that's definitely my joie de vivre as well, um, and taste and everything. And then, I mean, it's just everything is so enticing. It's just this visual delight. And again, so approachable because it's simple um, and also inspiring. So sometimes I look at cookbooks and I think, oh, that looks so good. But whoa, way too complicated. You know, just I know I'm never actually going to make that. I wish someone would make it for me, but I'm not actually going to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's, I never, I know with all three of your books, I never feel that way. It's just, um, and every recipe always turns out so well too. You know, I know when I have a Jenny McGrath recipe, it's going to be amazing. You know, I think the truth is that we don't have a lot of time to spend in the kitchen slaving over complicated recipes. Um, you know, sure, something really special every once in a while is worth it. Absolutely. But I I think it's really important that our food be approachable. And that's why, especially with this book, I really tried to, as I was expanding, maybe the the breadth of ingredients that that most people would be familiar with, you know, with the inclusion of of these herbs, I wanted to make sure that the recipes themselves were very simple and delivered fantastic results. Um, Because it's important to me that that food be approachable and easy and fun to make and delicious. You did it. Success. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can download your recipe card at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. There you'll also find the show notes, including direct links to Jenny's offerings and a transcript of this interview. Well, Jenny, um, before we go, I'd love to hear about um, anything you're working on right now and, you know, what, what you're bringing to life in your culinary world, herbal world. Yeah, so as what I love to do is I just love to develop recipes, frankly. And so, you know, after Vibrant, Vibrant Botanicals, I kind of took a breath because it was a lot to put together. Um, and right now I'm actually working on kind of reviving these old world recipes. Um, say, for example, um, real marshmallows, Pate de, uh, de Guima, right? Um, that things like that, where the so much of our um, of our modern 
junk foods actually have a start in old world recipes that were highly nourishing um, and even, you know, herbal remedies. Marshmallows are a great example of going from something that was, you know, relatively nourishing and thought to be therapeutic to something that bears little resemblance to the original, you know, that's full of um, highly processed ingredients. Another one, of course, is root beer, um, which was very, very nourishing and mm -hmm. now is very, very different, doesn't even right. have um, the it's you know historical ingredient. Um, I'm working so I'm working on that. Also working on ambrosia, which most people um, you know associate with you know canned fruit cocktail and Cool Whip. Um, <laughs> it wasn't originally like that. So um, one of my current passions is actually bringing these old recipes back to life, and I think giving them do justice to, to, to let people know what they what they were originally. So no big projects other than you know diving into historical cookbooks and trying to to revive what I think, you know, that culinary wisdom, that herbal wisdom that we have lost in the past, you know, 50 to 75 years. Oh, I think that's really exciting. And I look forward to seeing, you know, what, what comes out of that exploration of that. So I'm, you know, each of your books has brought me on a journey and I'm just so excited whether you have another book coming or just, you know, with your lovely newsletter in sight and um, right. And what, you know, what comes out of all of it. So it's, yes. it's always a delight. Yeah. And oh. Yeah. So when I got those figured out, you'll see them in the newsletter. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, before we go, the last question I have for you is one that I'm asking everyone in season two. And that is, what's something that you've learned or experienced in your healing journey that has surprised you? I'll tell you this, what was really surprising for me is actually testing the recipes for vibrant botanicals. Like I've said, we have done, you know, we already incorporate herbs and sauces and herbs in, you know, rubs and things like that. Um, so we will already eat quite a few herbs, but in testing the recipes for that book, um, we were eating uh, easily four to five times the volume that maybe we normally would just because I had to get the recipes tested and photographed and it was, it was pretty intense there. Um, what surprised me the most um, was that we all, all of us in the family started having really vivid dreams um, about two weeks into testing, uh, that, that they were intense, they were vivid, and I, I attribute it to the volume of herbs we were eating. That was surprising and un an unexpected uh, consequence of, of, you know, increasing our intake and it was it was neat it was surprising yeah um, it's interesting to think of like what was going on you know like kind of on this different like, right. physical emotional spiritual realms of all these herbs i definitely would have loved to have been your neighbor during that process <laughs> well thank you so much Jenny, for being here today with us and for sharing your culinary wisdom and it's just such a pleasure to be able to have this conversation with you so thank you so much for being here my pleasure Anytime, it's always a pleasure to, to be able to connect. For the listeners, don't forget to head over to herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to get free access to Jenny's honeyed oranges with cardamom, coriander, and mint recipe. Also available are the complete show notes, including the transcript. You can also visit Jenny directly at nourishedkitchen.com. I deeply believe that this world needs more herbalists and plant-centered folks, and I'm so glad you're here as part of this herbal community. Have a beautiful day. Hey, thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. And if you're a new listener, thanks for checking out the show 
And don't forget that you can find all the recipes, links, and show notes over at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe and get updates when new episodes release and even submit your requests for future podcast episodes. The world needs more people who are connected to the earth and the healing gifts of plants. I'm so glad that you're here for this adventure. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Rising Appalachia for the use of their beautiful song, Resilience. Listen to more from Rising Appalachia at risingappalachia.com.